0: Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am Dylan Waugh. I am the sidekick. I am the boo-boo to Yogi Bear. Today we're going to be talking to Jeff Merrick from 32 Thoughts, Hockey Night in Canada, and of course the Jeff Merrick Show. Who am I to be introducing Jeff Merrick? Anyways, we're going to be talking about the Washington Capitals, a few NCAA prospects, and of course the Florida Panthers. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter. Well, Ken, how are you? Never better. Never better. Never better. Good. So, not only, <laughs> not only
1: did I save a bundle by switching to Geico, <laughs> which is a line I'm going to use every week now, but for the first time since like early December, mid December, I'm going to be playing hockey tonight.
0: Great feeling, best yeah, feeling it's, in the world. It's,
1: I am. I'm like.
0: I Take the like, warm-up reps with no bucket on. Yeah, exactly. Win, wish, yeah, wishing yeah, through your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like I'm 10 years old again. Like, yeah. I'm waiting for my game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we got shut down. We I played beer, uh, not not even beer league. It's pickup hockey. It's just yeah. pickup hockey yeah. with a bunch of bad hockey players, <laughs> of which I am one of the worst. Um, and so, anyways, uh, so we play on Wednesday nights. We got shut down, you know, sometime in December until well after Christmas, and then I had some health issues. I had a blood clot in my leg that migrated up to my lungs and caused all sorts of problems. And I couldn't really do much for too long. So I uh, I had to lay low, but I got the uh, the green light from the doctor to play Yeah. At last week, actually. And so the first thing I did, of course, was go out and try and do a long run, which uh, screwed up my Achilles tendon. So I couldn't play last week. True story, bro. Anyways, in, in
0: true hockey. Anyways, so, in true hockey fashion. Yeah, you came here with just your foot swollen up to the size of a watermelon. Oh, I and borrowed you a powered through.
1: And I borrowed an ice pack you from you that I didn't bring back me. this that's week. Right. Anyways, you're yeah, lucky so, I'm not injured. So, anyways, so anyways, uh, that's a long way of saying I'm playing hockey tonight. It's going to be awesome. Our, the guy who organizes our our uh, our our teams and everything, he's. Texted me this week, and he said, "I hear you're coming." He Said really happy that you're coming back. You know the swearing's really falling off. <laughs> you know we got to get an injection of swearing back in. So yeah, at least I'm good for something. I got like like I got that going for me, eh? Of course,
0: <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I mean you know like like uh, like uh, Gordy House said, right? All hockey players speak two languages: English and profanity. That's right. Yeah,
1: right. Now they speak. Several, several languages. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Several languages. They're getting smarter and smarter. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know about that one. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, I guess not a lot of fourteen-year-old uh, high school dropouts, you know, going into the going into the league, right? Right. No. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now they just pretend to go to school for a <laughs> while. <laughs> Minnesota, we are looking at you. <laughs> So uh before we before we get cracking into our first little little preamble here um we're officially with the hockey podcast network. Yay. This is our first episode with the hockey podcast network. You will notice that our whole thing looks better and different. It's because another extremely talented and probably good-looking fellow by the name of Dylan designed all of this for us. Not me Dylan. <laughs> there are other Dylan nerds out there in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh and of course we are Sponsored now by DraftKings. Um, this is all this is all exciting stuff. And you got if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see just just down right in that direction. You can see the Ken Campbell Substack is on the uh, is on the list of uh, things yep. to find us. So
1: Ken Ken Ken, Ken Campbell dot, No, what is it again? I don't even remember what it is. Ken <laughs> dot
0: Campbell. Ken Campbell dot <laughs> dot com. Yeah, it's like me. Ken I get Campbell
1: your- dot, dot Yeah. yeah
0: yeah I, I got your Twitter wrong once and you went, no, no, that was it, but it was wrong <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I can recite entire
1: bugs Bunny episodes, but I don't even remember my own phone number sometimes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: incredible That's unbelievable <laughs> yeah yeah um, oh well. so before we jump into the the chat with Jeff Merrick, which was a, a it it delivers. How would I put it that way? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Jeff brought like his a- he hits game.
1: on everything. Yeah, like the guy's a the guy just knows everything about everything in hockey. Yeah, and, and don't he's, you hate guys like? And that? And he's really smart too. Like he's really smart. Like he's well spoken. Yeah, and you'll you'll find out like he's he he's, you know, he's zen. He's he's, he's zen. got he's got he knows his philosophers. He knows his yeah. historical figures.
0: Yeah, just a just a really bright guy. Yeah, there's a lot more Greek. Than uh than on your typical hockey podcast. Yeah, we should have had Nick Kiprios on. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into that conversation with uh with Jeff Merrick, uh let's just chat a little bit about the Evgeny Malkin suspension. Right. Let's chat.
1: I actually was really like pleasantly surprised at the NHL and the and the Department of Players' Safety for for coming up with this four-game suspension. Because I thought, quite honestly, it was twice as bad as what Austin Matthews did to Rasmus Dallin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Twice as bad in that, you know, uh, he got him right square in the face. Full, like, you're eating Sherwood, buddy. (laughs) Um, You know, blood, injury, didn't come back for the rest of the game. Egregious, like, just, you know, and he slashed his stick out of his hand first, so there was no...
0: No way to as defend themselves as they
1: as the as Dops likes to call it. There's no willing combatant yeah. there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I was I was really quite I was really quite impressed by um by the uh, by the old Department of Player Safety and and I can't say that very often and yeah. I I've been very very critical of them in the past and I probably will be very very critical of them in the future but. Uh, you know, kudos to, uh, to them when they, when they deserve them. And I think they, they deserve it
0: right now. It's almost like, like, did George Perils just have a kid or something like that? Like just all of a sudden he cares about people's safety. It's, uh, this, this weird, this weird new leaf that has been turned over here. Wow.
1: Well, they don't, they don't like that one. They don't like those ones. Like they like, there's a lot of stuff they yeah, like, but, but, but yeah, they don't like it when a sure. guy gets a stick right up in a guy's grill, yeah. you know. They don't like it. He's been yeah. fined $5,000,
0: yeah, the yeah. maximum allowable. Under the CBA. Under the CBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like that's the meme, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they can talk about how they don't like it all the time, and they, they do, but they don't always but, do a heck of a lot about when it. They, but
1: when they do this, you can tell they really don't like that one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Great. So uh, should we just jump into Jeff Merrick? I guess so. The, jump the, the,
1: into Jeff Merrick? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> yes, we should. Yes, we should, because there's a lot of meat on that bone, and it's, uh, it's a long one. So, yeah, let's... Uh, let's
0: now you, you want to say jump Roll into Jeff tape. Merrick. <laughs> Roll the tape. Roll the tape.
1: <laughs> well, it's a big day here for us, Dylan. We have with us, again, some hockey royalty. Jeff oh, Merrick of Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. Um a Jack of all trades, a master of many as well. None. Uh, perhaps one of the most youthful looking guys still in the business and and <laughs> guy with an encyclopedic knowledge as well uh jeffy how you doing buddy
2: it's great to see you uh dylan ken thank you so much for having me today uh i'm really impressed ken you read that just as i wrote it up that was incredible (laughs) the way you read that script that i presented for you yeah and uh, the only reason i have an encyclopedic memory when it comes to hockey is because i read books like this (laughs) which is one of my favorite i will i will tell you i will tell you one thing selling the dream I give this as so I've got two kids that still play AAA hockey and. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So like yeah. this, this, this is particularly salient for me. And I can't tell you how many parents uh, I've given this book out to. Like I have a, I have right. like a, a stack of books that I always love to give out. Whenever anyone asks, me, like, what should I be reading? Um, if it's just fiction, I always go to John Kennedy Tools, Confederacy of Dunces. But when it's mm-hmm. someone that wants something about hockey and minor hockey and kids and how parents should, you know, wrap their minds around how they should behave around their children uh, that want to play high level hockey. This is the one that I go to selling the dream This nice. is for every single hockey parent out there. This is wow. really great stuff.
1: The only problem is, is that the people who need to hear that <laughs> message won't read eh, it. Don't want. They don't want to hear it.
2: (laughs) It it is. It is interesting. But you know what what I find, though, is it gives gives people a lot of ammunition for conversation because all the conversations in every rink are all being had at the same time. And the tone and the timber is all the same. And essentially what this does is it gives sane people bullets. Like it, it yeah. puts bullets in the chamber for for sane people that have a, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. the, the right perspective on everything, yeah, as opposed yeah. to you know two dogs just sort of barking in between a fence at each other, which is what Twitter <laughs> is for, uh Kenny. So exactly. So is, where where are great. your kids where are your kids playing, Jeff? Uh so I've got one kid playing uh, Ajax Pickering Raiders, uh okay. APR, and my other kid is playing for the the, uh, the Markham Waxers, Rafi Torres. Uh, is nice. his coach. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Just adore, just adore him. Like, this is yeah, my yeah. youngest son. My uh, This is from this is my 2012. I got to sound like douchey hockey dad. This is my <laughs> <Yeah>. 2012, Kenny. <laughs> I got a 2010 <laughs> to 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my 2010's okay. playing APR, and uh, my 2012 is playing with uh, Rafi Torres and the Waxers. She's, it's actually Rafi's the only coach he's ever known. Like, Brody and T- uh, Rafi's kid, Ty, have been buddies forever, and Rafi's been his only coach. And I'll tell you, I always okay. the same thing. Oh, Rafi Torres is your son's coach. Oh, it must be, like, a really rough team. I- no. He is, like, I've never heard him scream with the kids. You know, there's no <laughs> ego there. Like, all the guys that have gone through it before and then come out the other side yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Are, and are coaching, like, they're really calm. Um, the, one thing, the one thing that I really find about having um, – ex-NHLers or ex-pro players as minor hockey coaches. And this is a, a sweeping generalization. And there are exceptions, certainly. Uh, there are you know examples to the contrary. But generally, the coaches don't feel like they're on the team anymore. They coach. And I find right. that in a, in a right. lot of ways, the reactions of the coach are that of a player if they have an unfulfilled hockey history – or if they have an unfulfilled yep. hockey pass or they feel ripped off right. by their hockey pass. they don't think they're coaches they still think they're on the team and that's the <laughs> okay. reaction they have i'm like when i i've seen it before with uh with with my older son i always look at the look at the coach from the stands i'm like does he think he's on the team? Because that's the reaction a player <laughs> has. That's not a reaction like a coach should have. Like, okay, this is a learning moment. This is how we teach. This is what we should be doing here, instead of just you know whipping you know whipping whiteboards and stamping your feet and screaming at officials or such. Anyway, a long-winded wave and, saying, folks, get this one. It's great, it's and excellent. and we all
1: know, and we all know that teams, good or bad, adopt the approach that their coach has all the yeah. time, right up to the NHL. Yeah. I found. So it's interesting. Well, that's good. I that doesn't surprise me. Hearing what you said about Rafi, Rafi's a a, a great guy, and yeah. I think I think he he would be a guy that you would say he's in it for the right reasons. You know, he's in it for the right reasons, and yeah. he has something to offer. And I I totally agree. I think uh, I think Rafi Torres would be a great coach for for young kids.
2: Yeah, that's so great. My wife and I That's always say like, we're, we're really lucky that Brody's got some some outstanding coaching. He's got other good assistant coaches around him, but just like the development of these kids, like right away, like even within the first couple of months, shoom. and it's nice. because I, th- I think a lot of it is they're like, they're, they don't get hounded. Like, Rafi lets them be kids and let, puts them in positions where they're going to make mistakes and doesn't micromanage mm-hmm. everything and understands, you know, the nature of, you know, what coaching this level of hockey is at. Anyway, he's, yeah, he's, be- cool. he's, he's, he's been a treasure. He's been really good for our family. Good, good.
0: To to quote Michael Scott on that, uh, you just gotta c- talk to kids like they're anybody else, like they're adults for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's start some adult
1: talk here, Dylan. Yeah. Adult I'll, I'll, NHL uh,
0: talk. I'll I'll reserve suing the former player co- turned coaches, uh, you know, for a later podcast episode. Okay. Instead, let's talk about the Florida Panthers. Sure. They're now officially tied in the Presidents' Trophy race with the Colorado Avalanche. Although the Avs do technically have a game in hand, but my more what I'm curious about is do you consider what Florida doing to be more impressive than the Avalanche considering the division that the Cats are playing in?
2: Yeah, it's um Atlantic stuff. Um no doubt about it. I uh, I I wonder how much how much what we're seeing from the Florida Panthers is a reaction to them having sand kicked in their face for so many years i mean the florida panthers <laughs> have been you know the butt of a lot of jokes for a long time yep. whether it's attendance yep. or performance or everybody wants to play in florida but no one wants to play in the people ha, ha ha ha. like all all that stuff that they've heard for for so long i wonder if this is just part partially a reaction to that like this is a team that puts up six seven goals on the regular this is a team yeah. that doesn't take the foot off and we've seen this before um from teams that finally start to actualize like you look at you look at teams i think the way you look at players and um i mean what is it aristotle used to say things exist in two states potentiality and actuality And i think you can say that about teams like for the longest time now we've looked at florida and there's like okay the potential is there the potential is there and now that they've actualized when you first get that taste of it it has to be seductive and it has to i mean it's um it, it's It's a situation, I think, for the Florida Panthers, where you know, they've been the butt of the jokes for a long time, and now they're gonna stick it to everybody else. So there's no there's 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 no idea that we're gonna you know pace ourselves through a season. We're gonna sprint through the season. Why? Because we can. You know, yeah. I look at veteran teams. I go at the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example. They are pacing themselves through a season now. Tampa didn't used to pace themselves through a season, no. Nope. And where did that get them in the playoffs? Out for straight after they played one period of hockey against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I understand, I understand the, the motivation for the Florida Panthers, uh, I understand the idea of wanting to win every game by a margin of six, I understand all of that. I just, I just don't know what's gonna happen here in playoffs. Yeah. Whether if, if you have enough if you have enough juice left after you've done this, like I'm I'm much more in tune with the team that says this is 82 games, there's gonna be some tough nights, there's gonna be some nights where you're not feeling it. I know fans hate to hear that I'm gonna take the foot off the pedal uh, for a couple of games here, but 82 games is long and you gotta save yeah. something for the playoffs that would be like it's it's listen dylan you're right it's super impressive i just i just don't know what's going to happen come playoff time i like the team that paces itself
1: yeah, it's interesting and I I mean I thought the Toronto Maple Leafs were the were a team that was pacing itself last night. They looked very much like a team No, no, seriously. No, seriously. They looked very much like they, a team that 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 said, "We we are where we are. We're probably not moving up. We're probably not moving down." I just
0: wanted to see Matthews get in get in the post-game interview and yeah. say, "We meant to do that." Yeah,
1: yeah. No, but but they looked like that, but but you you bring yeah. up a good point, Jeff, and I and I think too like I just I don't know why it is, but it just seems to me that every team that That follows this kind of pattern has to get that kick in the pills in the first round before they realize what it takes to get beyond the first round and to go on a run. And, you know, we, we've seen it so many times, you know, we saw it with Tampa. We saw it with, with, you know, we saw it with Washington for so many years. We saw it, Mm -hmm. you know, so many times these teams, they just, they just, they have to get that one sort of gut check uh, reality, you know, just excruciating blow in the playoffs to realize, okay, well, it is a different game in the playoffs. And we, you know, like you say, we do have to pace ourselves here and, uh, and, and, you know, I could, I could see that happening. I could see the Florida Panthers getting all the regular season awards and maybe, you know, I mean, being out in the second round, it's, it's quite possible.
2: You know, I think that extends to players as well, Kenny. I don't think that's just exclusive to teams. I think that, you know, there's, there's one, there's one hall of famer that I talked to years ago who said at the beginning of the season, he would go up to his coach and say the same thing. And this is guys like obviously top dog on his team and say, look, 30 games of the season, I'm going to look like a Hall of Famer. I'm going to be first star and you're going to look at me and go, wow, this guy's one of the best players, if not the best player in the game, period. There'll be 30 other games where you can't find me. You can find me on the game sheet. But you're probably not going to be able to find me. And he said, for the rest of the other games, I'm just going to see how I feel that day. Now, oh, as wow. a fan, you hate to hear it. <clears throat> But yeah. I think, as someone who observes a game and understands like how long eighty two games is, don't you yeah. kind of understand it? Yeah, like, don't, yeah. don't don't yeah. you get that? Like, yeah. can you imagine yeah. like, how much how much you, you feel if you try to if you if you go game seven 82 times? And isn't mm-hmm. that an unreal expectation that yeah. we have of players? And I think it's an unreal expectation that we should have as teams. And to the point about the Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres too, that I think the only motivation would have been you know for the Toronto Maple Leafs is you know listen, this is something that you know going back to the era of geez, Don Edwards and Bob Sove. It's incredible. The Buffalo Sabers. This team, the Buffalo Sabers, have always owned the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? French Connection up against you know, uh, you know the Sittler, the Sittler line. In Doesn't yeah. matter. Like it has been going on forever. It's <laughs> on and it's Buffalo completely. Sabres.
1: Yeah, and it's completely impervious to where the teams are. Like totally. it, the the, the Sabers could be terrible. The Sabers could Doesn't be matter. great. The Sabers could be okay. They still kick the Leafs ass like it's, it's just amazing how they seem to own this team and, and they've and they own them this year. I yeah. mean, you could argue that the reason why the Leafs are kind of still jockeying for home ice is because of how they played against Buffalo this year. If yeah. they had taken care of business in those games, you know, they'd be they'd be chasing Florida for first, not not sort of hanging on for second.
2: You know, a couple you weeks know. ago, I was in in Florida, West Palm, at the um, uh, at the uh, uh, GM, GM meetings, meetings and uh, talked to Dubis. And you know, one of the things that we one of the things we talked about was like, you know, this idea, like, how, I we don't understand, like, you can go in and beat Florida, Tampa. Uh, Colorado, like beat the heavyweight teams. And then, you know, Arizona comes into town. Sure, you know, if Emelko stands on his head, but why does a team struggle? And this yeah. is like, this yeah. is the ultimate frustration for us. Like we have a hard time getting up for teams that are lower than us in the standings or non-playoff teams. And I'm not sure how to react to that, to be honest with you. Because yeah. part of me understands that. Part of me will look at that and say, well... You know, come playoff time, there's not going to be any non-playoff teams that you face. So yeah. why should it really matter? As long as you can get up for the big mm-hmm. name teams, mm-hmm. like not every, you know, not every, you know, not every team has to be the 77 Habs here and just, you know, run through the NHL season like a like a hog in the truffles. Like there's, it's, it's okay if you lose to a bottom feeding team, <laughs> I guess, as long as you uh, as long as you put uh, put it up against the top dogs.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, the Florida Panthers right now are sitting on an eight game win streak where they've beat teams both good and bad. And to your point, I I agree with everything that you're saying, but uh, I'd still rather a team just, you know, win all the time. You know, ideally, if that's an option.
2: (laughs) Uh, Habs, I mean, what's the closest thing we've seen to a perfect team, that Montreal Canadian squad? Yeah, like that. Was Almost and, well, and, and, Tampa and recently, and into the and into the playoffs as well. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, yep. like we like run the table in the regular season, and then just and then just you know go on keep, more keep, to it, go longer yeah, to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. man, that's yeah. hard. It <laughs> it's is. Tough. It really it's, is. It really, really is. Tough, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even the oiler teams, the dynasty teams, they didn't they
0: pace nope. themselves. Well, you know. and they also got that kick in the pills at the beginning.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's that we talk about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code T. HPN. Bet just one dollar on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply.
0: Uh so speaking of teams that have gotten lots of kicks in the pills, as it stands right now, the Florida Panthers will be playing the Washington Capitals in the first round. Certainly not a team to be taken lightly. And I mean that of course, in the most literal sense of the term, they, because they play a heavy brand of hockey. How do you envision a series like that going?
2: Uh, Well, I think Panthers are going to try to skate all over them and try to skate, skate them into the ground. Um, You know, if it comes down to a goaltending duel, I think I know who I like in that fight. Um, (laughs) You know, the interesting thing about the Washington capitals is, you know, by now, I think we all understand the reality of aging curves. And how mm-hmm. when players fall off, they fall off quickly. And you might point to a veteran and say, well, what about him? Well, they're certainly outliers um, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to all of this. Um, on the one hand, you'd never want to count out a veteran team in the playoffs. Those are generally the teams that tend to do well. But then, like, I, I, and again, it's, it's different for every team. Like, at what point does veteran just turn into old? Right, you know, like there's <laughs> yeah. that, like there's, there's that yeah. space yeah. there, right? And I, and, and and every team eventually crosses over into it, into like, Old
1: and Slow, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And and, yeah, and yeah. I've we've yeah. wondered about that with Washington for a number of years. <clears throat> is this finally the season where you know the reality of aging curves? Because you know, what's the only thing that's undefeated? Time, like time is undefeated. Like what what happens when time catches up to the Washington Capitals? Um, and too many times I've said, it's now, it's now. And then they've, you know, de- defied whatever <laughs> yeah. logic I've thrown out there. So I always come a little bit shy of, of saying, okay, that's it. They're done. They're too old, uh, too slow. You know, the, the boots are full of lead. They can't do this anymore. Um, I've said that too many times. I've been proven wrong. Right. But when you couple an aging curve with questionable goaltending, even though Washington's mm-hmm. played better lately. Yeah, they man, have. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that they're, they're, they're done with Samsonov. Yeah, uh, And and Vandacek hasn't exactly been fantastic, certainly lately. Um, not exactly. I mean, it's worst kept secret that they were out fishing for Marc-Andre Fleury, who didn't want to, you know, sign with the wa- wave to go to the, the Washington Capitals, or I guess he wouldn't have to wave, just agree to go to the Washington Capitals, yeah, yeah, the handshake yeah. deal. Um, because I think we all expect that he'll be in Pittsburgh next season, uh, unless Minnesota somehow can re-sign him. Um, they got goaltending problems. And when you have goaltending problems in the playoffs, that gets amplified pretty fast. And when you get old and when you make that transition from veteran to old, it gets pretty obvious pretty quick.
1: And it can get ugly too. And Jeff, I mean, Pittsburgh is my kryptonite in that respect. Like every year, like we know the day of reckoning is coming. (laughs) We know it's coming. We just don't know when it's going to be. And we always think it's going to be that year. Mm -hmm. And it never is. And it never is. But I, I, I I have a theory on the Washington Capitals that, and I'd like to, to pose it to you and, sure. and see what you think. I think the Washington Capitals, they've lost in the first round every year since they, since they won the Stanley cup. I think the, one of the problems with the Washington Capitals is they've got their legacy. They won their Stanley cup and they're okay with it. They're okay with it. I think, mm-hmm. I think they're, I think they're completely satisfied mm-hmm. with having won that one cup and getting Ovi his one cup. And again, I, I also think that the, this Ovi centricness of it all takes away from a lot of other stuff too, because now it, it just seems to me like all anybody cares about is whether or not he breaks Wayne Gretzky's record. Like nobody yeah. talks about the, the the Capitals winning the Stanley cup. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about, you know, all yeah. of these other things. All anybody talks about is Ovi's going to break the, Ovi's going to break Wayne Gretzky's scoring record. And I think to their detriment, I, I, I really think that there's a, it's a mindset too. And, and I think, they figure we've won our cup. We did our thing. It was great. You know, we had the great parties and we gave this fan base, a, a, you know, a, a something they can hang on to for the next 25 years. And we're good with
2: that. I think there's a lot to that. And I think that's what happens when you're an older team and you win the Stanley Cup. Like if they would have mm-hmm. won, like when was the first time, Kenny, that we really thought Washington was going to win the Stanley Cup? 2010. Yeah, right. Two, yeah. When 2010, they got, yeah. and then they got starched by Camillary and Halak, and yep. Halak <laughs> yeah. Said no. yeah, Halak yeah, said no. Yeah, no, that's right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hal- yeah. Halak yeah. said no. Like that was the first time we really looked at Washington and said, "Ooh, his team." You know, and there were like minor eruptions here and there. Like there was that time, you know, Boudreaux was still coaching the team and Lindy Ruff Mm -hmm. was coaching the Dallas Stars. And both teams were just like, hey, man, we're playing pond hockey and this is fun. And those two teams were must watch. And we're thinking like, oh, man, how great would hockey be if these two teams met in the Stanley Cup final? Because as we all know, copycat league, you're going to ape whatever is successful the year before. And man, if we can get Dallas and Washington somehow. into, So there have been like eruptions along the way. It took them a long time. It took them a long time. The chase was long. Um, There weren't many successes along the way. To your point, Penguins were the kryptonite for the Washington Capitals. And there was that frustration. And when they finally broke through, you know, I kind of look at it like this. I look at it like if you're a team that has to grind for every single goal, like goals are hard to score. If you're a team that has to grind for every single goal, Man, when you finally score, like you realize like, "Oh man, okay, that's a lot of that work." Was it's hard. Like, <laughs> it's Sisyphus, right? And now the rock goes down and here yeah. we go, here we go again <laughs> to score a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when you're yeah. an older team and you and you finally get there, I I wonder how much it's like, "Okay, mission accomplished." What's the old the old the old saying, you know, you uh, you can't eat if you're not hungry. Um mm. or, you know, the the great, you know, the great boxing saying it's It's hard to get up at five in the morning, you know, um, Hagler used to say this one, it's hard to get up at five in the morning to do road work when you're, when you're, when you're going to sleep in silk pajamas, like it's really tough, (laughs) you know, Voltaire talked about this, about, you know, societies, you know, they rise with the sound of wooden clogs going up the stairs and they fall with the sounds of silk slippers going down the stairs. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I just wonder, like, once you get to that spot and it's the old story, it's the rocky story. Is it harder to get there or harder to stay there? And mm. it feels like a lot when you finally. This is why like I'm giving weight to what you're saying because I I believe yeah, it. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. The pivot was fast. The pivot went from Cup to Gretzky, like yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right yeah, away, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That yeah, was, yeah. That was yeah, the story, yeah. and that and that was that was that was the frame around the whole thing. I'm I I think there's probably something. I think there's probably something to that. They finally got what they wanted it took them a long time and it, it, it does certainly feel, I mean, certainly not if you ask anyone publicly, but you know, it does feel like they're kind of content with that. And,
1: and this is what I like about having Jeff Merrick on our show.
2: The philosophy he, references.
0: Well, no,
1: but he, yeah, like he's a, he's a hockey guy that talks about sisyphus. Sisyphus, sisyphus, <laughs> and, Voltaire, yeah, and, and I, I think he brought up. Did not you bring up like Aristotle earlier yeah, in the Aristotle was yeah. Earlier yeah, in yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, when I was at university, See, I'm, I'm
1: a big one. I'm a big one on all the all the all the um, on all the philosophers: Plato, Socrates, yeah. uh, <laughs> those guys. Yeah, that's an old Steve Martin joke, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, listen, when I was at university at Guelph, I tried to educate <laughs> myself out of a job. I studied English and <laughs> philosophy. And and damn it, I'm somehow I ended up in in sports media, in hockey media, and trying <laughs> trying to make my degree relevant somehow. <laughs> as pretentious as that may sound now, guys. Do you, a a need, do you have for a needle fridge
1: that you have a degree and he doesn't? What's Jeff? that? Do you ever needle oh, Fridge that you no, have a degree I, and he doesn't? No,
2: I, I mean, well, I'll, I'll needle him whenever Guelph beats Western in, in sports. Yeah, like yeah. A yeah, yeah, years yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. could go back tomorrow and pick up like one more credit, and of and course he did. Could he's he's, th- he's like done. one short, yeah. yeah. Like, he, like he always, but he never gives me a chance to because he always brings him brings it up himself. Like you will talk about going to Western, although yeah, he never graduated, and he always yeah, graduated. yeah, 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 so, yeah. So he's like sort of cutting me off of the past. He doesn't give me a, a chance to to ridicule him about that, <laughs> right? Right? Ridicule about not getting <laughs> a degree, uh, but no, he never he never gives me a chance to to lay into him. That's funny. There's a word for you here, Jeff. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, overqualified.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) I I guess I don't know I I I still think I'm underqualified for this gig to be honest I was not trained for any of this This is the most accidental like to me This is like I've had like what I I describe as a Talking Heads career I'm like David Byrne like How did I get here You may find yourself (laughs) That's kind of how I feel like somehow I'm talking to two guys that know way more about hockey than me and I'm uh, kind of faking the funk and going along with it and making some hockey sounds here and Well if you're faking it if you're faking it Jeffy you're doing a hell
1: of a job uh, because no. put it put it because this way. yeah
2: every two weeks a paycheck shows up and someone yells stop thief that's how I feel <laughs> that's how I feel about all of it. Look, Total fraud
0: <laughs> I had a friend who was going over to the queue. And he was concerned that he didn't speak any French, and all I said, and I taught him how to say pucks in deep, and that's all that he needed to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. on, dit en français, pucks in deep. Come on, <laughs> dit en.
1: Dit dit en pucks in deep. We're not ah, doing that pas. today. <laughs> la rondelle, la rondelle en deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, we're getting way <laughs> off topic here. Uh, um, but it's wonderful. I was, I was trying to figure out if there was a joke about the, the Olympic wrestling and Ovi doing the shirtless push-ups in the pond and the oil, but there's nothing there. Yeah, tried every, yeah so, so don't angle.
1: force it. Just let's move yeah, on. Yeah, no, I know. Let's move I just, on. I, sh- yeah.
0: I failed. I, we, we have a busy man here, right? We do
1: have yeah. a busy
2: man here. So <laughs> yeah, Sit here you know, and have morning coffee like, I'm so busy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Talk about hockey on the radio. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, lost in the whole shuffle, though, here. Yep. And, and I think that part of the reason why Ovechkin – the 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 Gretzky's talk started was because I remember in that offseason after he won the cup you know a a lot of people that were kind of close to Washington and in Washington media were saying Ovi's hungry for another people think that he's not hungry but he's loving his life right now he's hungry for another and so he came out of the gate flying the next year and putting up goals and that kind of is the the genesis which has a Greek root word of mm-hmm. the uh, of of that talk going into Ovi Gretzky and it and it might have his hunger for his next cup might have kind of been the thing to overshadow this.
2: Anyways, I know you know I I think that um I think injuries got in the way uh from a lot of certainly for a lot of his team um yeah. I don't know that uh if the if the entire squad was as inspired as Alexander yep. Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom yep. and John Carlson and mm-hmm. i th- i think that you know when when you lose pieces like man you lose like andre burakovsky like when you, yeah. when you when you start to lose guys like that like i, I know yeah. they're not the headline guys but all your support pieces and your yeah. secondary scoring guys and then you have soft seasons from evgeny kuznetsov whose game just completely vanishes to the point where you're like we're done with the act here and we need to we need to move on yeah i don't know i i don't i don't doubt that ovechkin wanted to win more i just don't know if everybody around him felt the same way. That's yeah. true.
0: Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, speaking of Evgeny Kuznetsov, he this year yep. has 72 points in 70 games. Yep. And this, after all those rumors that you just alluded to, that he was on the training block. Um, he was, this, he was, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt yeah. it. I mean, you know, where there's that much smoke, you know, there's, there's usually fire. Um, but has he made himself invaluable to this team at this point? Like if they're planning on running
2: it back and uh, and trying again at you know next year, uh, I think so. Um, I I don't know that you know whether he, he has had um, a really good season. I still yeah. think that in the back of everybody's mind, though, there is the potential for him to revert back. So it it still does yeah. make him. If you wanted to move on from Kuznetsov. I mean, that'll be a really tough deal. Like he's he he's still in the process of like undoing a lot of really average play, and some yep, really yep. some really average seasons. So I, I think they're married to him either way. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. glad for Washington's sake that he's making the best of the situation right now. Um, yep. And you know, I, I I listen. You you win Stanley Cups in net. You win Stanley Cups. You know, up the middle, uh, yep. backstrom, Kuznetsov. As long as they're both playing great, that answers that does answer a lot of your questions. Yeah. So
0: last one about the Washington Capitals here. After a not so stellar year, GM Brian McClellan suggested that his team was not going to be aggressive at the trade deadline and surprise, surprise they weren't. They only added a couple of depth pieces to the forward core yet since the trade deadline, they've gone six and two and are currently on a four game winning streak. My question is this, will Ovechkin have the quietest 50 goal season of his career?
2: A lot of people gone off, got off Ovechkin um, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. Like it's the elephant in the room here, guys. Like he went from the lovable Russian goal scorer to the guy that won't take the picture of him and Vladimir Putin off his social media. Right. And he became, you know, for a lot of people, a quite unlikable person. Mm -hmm. Like the the Ovechkin phenomenon is fascinating. Uh, He comes to the NHL and he's the lovable, goofy guy who's trying to do every interview in English, even though he doesn't have any command of the language. We all love them for it. And he's scoring highlight goals off his back in Arizona and he's doing the hot hitting, stick and yeah, the, yeah 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 they all, and yeah, really, yeah. All, yeah all yeah. of it like he became the lovable guy and then he wasn't right. and then there was this era where it was sort of everybody turns on ovechkin wins the stanley cup and he's swimming in fountains and all that and everybody loves ovechkin again and then the situation the real life situation uh with the russian invasion of ukraine happens And we all know about the past uh, associations with Alex Ovechkin and Vlad Putin. And it made people, you know, I think really think about who they're cheering for and why they're cheering for him. And is there a bigger issue here than, wow, we like to watch Mm -hmm. that guy with the big slap shots uh, in the OV spot score goals. Um, And I I think that that's really, I think that's really put a dent in how people feel about, you know, what once was this fun-loving, You know, Russian goal scorer chasing, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record, I think it's really put a a damper on that. Like you can be happy only to a certain point for Alex, for Alex Oveshkin. I I, honestly, I, I really do think that as this chase continues, the fact that he has this tight association and has always shown clear and unwavering support for Vladimir Putin. I I think that this really does this really does, you know, hamper how people how people feel about or inform how people feel about him right now. And I think people are pretty uncomfortable about the whole thing.
1: For me, it's it's the disingenuousness of it because you know, he, he he basically is a founding member of Team Putin. And yeah. then he, he'll just come out and say, well, none of this is under my control. I'm just a hockey guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a politics guy. Well, you, you clearly were a politics guy, uh, you know, a, a, not yeah. very long ago. And so you can't sort of have your foot in one one camp and, and, and in another as well. Yeah. And that to me is is kind of what's really unsettling about a lot of this too. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know, I, I always have to, I always try to catch myself too, because on this, in this conversation, like I'm talking from the backseat. I don't have a single hand on the yeah. wheel here. This, this is, this is yeah. Ovechkin and a very real life situation. And I get it. Like hypocrisy is the greatest luxury. Like if you like live through, live your life, man, if you can live your life as a hypocrite, like you, that is the greatest luxury. If you can live based <laughs> on, you know, I, I live one way, but everybody else has to live a completely different way. Like, yep. that, that's fine. I, I think at a, at a certain point, is it hypocritical of Ovechkin? Absolutely. I don't think mm-hmm. we can, we, there, there's no way you can stick handle or finesse any way out of that conversation. But I always think to myself, too, at a certain point, doesn't this this just become about basic survival? And somehow, mm, some yeah. sometimes, yeah. like, you have to be a hypocrite to survive. And right now, with his family there and the uncertainty of that man and that government and... How that person could behave towards you or your family, I get it. And g- listen, given a choice between being a hypocrite and protecting my family,
1: uh, you know I, what, I know I, which one I. Yeah, I know yeah, what yeah, I'm we're choosing. All, Call yeah, me we're all doing
2: all you want. <clears throat> yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I always exactly have to catch myself yep. and say, "Yep, I get it." This guy's trying to survive right <clears throat> now, and that's a good I, point. I, I can knock him. I can knock him. Yep. We all we all can. Yeah, that guy's trying to survive. Yep. right now. Yeah, good point. I think that loss in these
0: conversations often is uh, just how insidious um, manipulated media can be, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I've got um, somebody who's close to me, <clears throat> not related by blood, but related, who was is from Russia, but has lived in Ukraine for a long time, and, and her family is still in Ukraine. And she was a huge Putin supporter. Mm-hmm. well, now her mother's starving because of of this invasion, and all of a sudden the facts that she took for granted growing up in the world that she grew up in in terms of putin's great he's saving the you know he's saving our nation blah blah blah, she all of a sudden is is being confronted with and she and it confuses her and and so it's the same thing with. I won't get too political, but it's the same thing with a lot of issues here. It's the same thing with a lot of the people that we've seen, you know, throw their support against with uh, with Trump and stuff like this. We we see this all the time where it, I think that we have to weight responsibility between the fact that, yes, these people are making a bad decision, but they're also in some ways a victim of a situation. And it's. It's a difficult one but uh but I completely agree with you. I But you hang I, on. You, you you can't I'm not like, allowed, We we we
2: we want to make everything in life about about you know uh we want to make everything in life binary. Like this, we want to make right. it ones and zeros and and that's it because it makes us more comfortable if the world exists like that, but the world doesn't exist like that. Like right, you are correct. able like to the to the point about, you know, um this person you're talking about, you you're allowed you're allowed to be like, I always joke about, you know, my friends like, oh yeah, he's a nice bunch of guys or she's a nice bunch of girls. Like, ha! but we we're all a bunch of different people and you're allowed to, I think, to have all these different feelings and a lot of them conflict. Like that's what makes us human beings at a certain point. Mm -hmm. And then that you hope that by the time you have like one foot in the coffin and one foot on a banana peel, you kind of figure it out before you're done. Um, and many of us, most of us, I would argue don't like you're allowed. like that's part of being human. You know, yeah. learning and confronting yourself and challenging yourself, and you know, uh, you know, c- confronting different, uh, confronting different ways yeah. that you've thought before. Um, and you know, when 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 context changes, it's it's okay for you to change your opinion. You know, Maynard Keynes, you know, the great economist, you know, once said, you know, when he was caught flip flopping on on some issue, he said, well, you know, when the context change, I change my opinion. What pray tell do you do? Yeah, that's, ev- that's
1: evolving. <laughs> that's yeah. evolving. That's called, that's yeah. called evolving, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah, yeah like you're, yeah. you're allowed, like, I don't think your friends should feel, you know, uh, should feel awful about having conflicted feelings when situations are changing all at the same time. What's y'all saying? You can't step in the same river twice. It's true because context yeah. is still king. Everything is always changing and you are allowed to have conflicting emotions and conflicting feelings about things. Things that you felt were so true five minutes ago, it's okay to say five minutes later, yeah, I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah, And, I think, and I, think wow. as, as, I think as a group of people, by the way, specifically on social media, I think we have to cut people that slack because right yeah. now we just want to say, you know, you're, 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 you're a one or you're a zero. You're a one, you're a zero, you're a one, you're a zero. That's, uh, that is a, yeah. a, a runway yeah. into a wall, I, re- yeah. I really believe. we got to cut people a lot more slack than that and allow people to have conflicted feelings all at the same time. It's part of being human. Wow. Right, completely agree. Okay, so well, the Capitals. I didn't see where anyway. that was
1: going. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it going there. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, NCAA guys that signed. Yes, sure.
0: yeah. absolutely. What well, do well want we wanted it? to be a podcast that makes people think. We just didn't <laughs> specify <some laughs> about, about what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, well, no, no. that's uh, that's good. Look, that's I mean, why that's, we have that it. conversation has more importance to the world than anything else <laughs> we're going to talk about. So, speaking of things that have no real bearing on the world. <laughs> Talk about some NCAA players. Oh, let's talk about break, this,
2: Here we go. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's
0: on the list. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just run down a list, and I just want to hear yours and Ken's. Give me like a, a two-minute, almost like an elevator pitch on sure. these folks. I'm going to say the name. Tell me what you think I want to
1: I want to ask Jeff, Jeff something first so they're sure. bringing in you know Buffalo brought in own power yeah. Seattle's brought in Maddie Beniers you know yep. uh, uh, Phoenix or Arizona's brought in Nate Smith stealing all the lists the and, and uh, list, yeah <laughs> so anyways anyways I, I I'm it's in, it's an interesting thing like because now it just be it's become standard practice that yep. these guys are gonna sign and and burn that year off their entry-level contract it yep. doesn't burn off a year towards free agency but it does burn a year off that entry-level contract yeah Um you know, it's interesting that the teams are so willing to do that now. And I, and I'm wondering, you know, like, I mean, with the top end guys, I can't imagine you want to get them through entry level more quickly than they're going to go through, but, but maybe you do. And, and you do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you do, but, 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 because then it leads to that longer deal, I guess, and maybe they haven't accomplished as much, but on the player side too, I mean, I guess it doesn't really mean that much, but, these are incentive-laden deals for these guys. They're never going to hit those bonuses yeah. in the first year of the
2: contract. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting sort of push and pull, isn't it? I think, I think the kids all want to play and want to have their NHL taste yeah. and their NHL experience right away. And I think for the team, um, you know, because I always wondered about that too. Like, oh, don't you want that? Keep that extra year of control and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then I had yeah. one manager tell me like, Look, the second, the you know, the, the second contract, the bridge, generally is gone for a lot of these guys. Like you right, come out of it, right. and, you, and you ring the bell, and he said, "Look, I would rather negotiate that second contract, which generally is you know the big one for yep. these guys, yep. based on two years of two, performance, two years rather than three, three. Yeah, you know, you know yep. what that third year is yep. like is like for a for a pro player. That's like, yep. Okay, now I'm feeling it. Now I get it. Now I'm putting yeah, yeah. up some points." I'm really, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, prove my worth here. He said, look, I would rather, you know, we're all sounding like, you know, prospectors here. Oh, there's gold in them the hills. Like I'd rather prospect <laughs> and think about yeah. and project, project out what these guys are going to be like. And he said like, look, I would rather, I would rather, you know, for my team, I have a better chance of getting a team-friendly deal after two years than after right. three. After right. three, yeah. I, I could yeah. really That's be it. stuck yeah. here. So the kids want to play, teams want to get a better deal. To me, it's kind of a, a hand-to-glove situation here.
1: And I think I think this year, too, it's and and I don't know if this is much of a factor, but the Buffalo Sabres can tell Owen Power and the Seattle Kraken can tell Matty Beneers and these teams can tell these guys, you're not going to the World Juniors this year. Sorry. It's an August tournament. You're going to miss out on a lot of training. Uh, it's going to be a really, really crucial time for you. You're you're not going yeah. to play in that tournament this year, you know. And and they they now they can just say it. Whereas if you don't if you don't have the guy signed, <laughs> there's not much you can do, right? But here you can just say you're not
2: going. Yeah. You know, with a player like Owen Power, I wonder because that's a that's a fight with Pat Brisson. <laughs> that's not true. They just yeah, had a big, yeah. had a big yeah, fight yeah, with Pat yeah. Brisson over, over Jack Eichel. Like, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think by now, like, the kids just want to have their have their pro careers. And I think the right. majority of them, and I think everyone's on the same page here, like, and I know the feeling is, oh, it'll be like a little mini training camp for them. it would be the potential to get injured. You know, I yeah. know you're, the yeah. potential is there every time you step on the ice, but, but I'm with you. I think a lot of these guys, anyhow, are, you yeah. know, once they sign their pro deals, get that taste of the NHL. Yeah, they're not, they're not. They're not going back. Like Although I was, I was,
1: down. I was talking to Mason McTavish uh, about a month and a half ago.
2: Man, he's and good. I. Oh, oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, and I didn't even get the question completely out of my mouth about the World Juniors, and he yep. said, "I'm going." Says, "I'm going." If Anaheim lets me go, I'm there. No, no, but I mean, he hasn't had that opportunity like a lot of other guys have. But it's interesting because the kids you know, I mean, generally they'll probably all want to play, but their agents and their teams will be telling them, you know, this probably is not the best idea.
2: (laughs) The thing about Mason McTavish is too, and now that Ryan Getzlaff is retiring, like the plan for Mason McTavish, like they have, like, they love him. I know Dallas Aikens really loves Mason McTavish and they love love. him there. Like, I think, I think ultimately once that guy, Figures out the NHL once he once he arrives there. Yeah. I mean, up the gut. I know I'm, as much as everyone's in love with Trevor Zegras. Who do you think is going to be the first line center there? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think yeah. it's going to be Zegras. I think it's McTavish. Yeah. I think yeah, McTavish yeah. is the guy. He's a more like Ziegris gives you the highlights and the sizzle and all that. It's great. Like he's a, a one man marketing machine for the NHL. Like that goal and like that goal against the Buffalo Sabres, him and Sonny Milano, that did more yeah, yeah, to promote yeah. the game of hockey than anything the NHL has come up with. To the point where when he wasn't on the all when he wasn't going to the all-star game, you know, they had to figure out a way. The NHL and ESPN both wanted him in. They had to figure mm-hmm. out a way to to get him into the all-star game somehow. But if you're a coach and you're tapping someone on the shoulder late in the game, sitting on a one goal lead, who's getting that? Oh, pass? yeah. Mason oh, McTavish yeah. Trevor Zegers. Like, I, I think, I, honestly, I hmm. think Mason McTavish. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, you know, look at Arizona, like Arizona shopping around Jacob Chickren. Uh mm-hmm. I believe the ask would be something like Mason McTavish, Olin Zellweger and a first round pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a that's Still, a big ask. Yeah. And he's to great. me, McTavish, McTavish, you're right about everything you're saying about him. And, and I think this is, I think, you know, Zegers will be the number two behind him. And, and it's, it will be to his benefit because completely, I, I mean, Mace McTavish is going to do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. He's going to do all the heavy lifting. And then, and then Zegers is going to get better matchups and he's going to be able to do things like he's doing right now. And I think it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's what you want, right? That's what,
2: that's, yeah.
0: that's a dream.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a dream. Yeah. It really is. I got, I got all yeah. day
2: from McTavish. All day. All and day. you've
0: also got that situation like Pittsburgh had with uh, Malkin and Crosby, where if you need it, you load them up on the line for, you know, yeah. you're down in the third. And then if you don't need it, then you've got two excellent lines.
2: So. Not a problem. They, they, that 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 prospect's pipeline for Anaheim looks really good. I know it's tough sledding right now, and they let go of a lot of really high-end talent, and they've taken more yeah, than yeah. probably DeLaurier. one step back. But that one hurts. Yeah. Delor- Delorier hurts in, in more ways. More ways. He does. Than one. Yeah. A little bit of a blanket. And also, hmm. man, he was a really good penalty killer. Yeah. Nick yeah. Delorier was a really, really good penalty yeah, they, killer. Yeah. And they had him he goes, I Like, wonder they if he, had him. I wonder if like, he goes it. back. I wonder if he goes back. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. I, I, I can't believe. So, a year before he finally, I mean, he got, obviously, we know he got Delta, Minnesota. The year before, um, there were teams that were trying to get him at deadline. You know what the price that Bob Murray wanted? A first round pick. Mm, Like that was the price for Nick Deloria. Like Bob Murray knew for all of Bob Murray's faults. Like he Mm -hmm. knew what that guy meant to the team. And then Anaheim had that game against Arizona and, you know, I had one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not
1: sure that Troy Terry ends up getting his face pummeled. If, if Nick Deloria is even on the bench in the lineup.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So not, 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 not a chance. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So
0: let's do this. Okay. Tell me what you're thinking. Owen Powers, Power. <laughs> Owen Power! I, was, I, I thought he was related to Austin somehow. <laughs> the way he played last I've night. I've done that so yeah. many times. Yeah. I put S's on the end of.
2: Uh, Are Jeff, you laughing? You, you put an S on the end of everything. <laughs> no, is that yeah. why?
0: Jeff Dillon. Do you know Maria was? Mountain? Do you know What's Maria that? Mountain? The, do you know Maria Mountain, the strength and conditioning coach? I don't. She's she's like the top goaltending strength and conditioning coach in the country, maybe the world. And I had her on another podcast, and I kept on saying mountains... And so when she tweeted out the announcement that she was on this podcast, she'd put hashtag, that's my stripper name. <laughs> there you
1: go. And it's Maddie Beniers, not Benier. Yeah, okay. okay. So, so, you so, know so just so we've got yeah. this straight, just okay? Just so that we got this. So it's- Owen Power. Can we just yeah. get the- Owen Power.
2: Can we just get the Jack McBains here and, uh, and be on with it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what's not Matthew to love Nye. About- what's not to love about a six foot six defenseman that skates like that? Um, yeah, you know, uh, moves well. I mean, you're seduced by the size. I remember watching him play with the reps too, and I, I thought that right. there was a really good player in there. But man, his development just like shot off the pages uh, over the last few seasons. Um, you know, what's interesting? I had a conversation with someone not too long ago about, and this is something Ken that you've written about: exceptional status in the OHL. Right. And Jack Hughes was denied exceptional status. He was. into the he Ontario was. Hockey League, and there is a belief. That by not allowing Hughes, uh, not granting Hughes exceptional status, certainly it cost, it cost the OHL Queen yep. Hughes. And there's some thinking, according to one person I talked to, that it might have cost him own power as well.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, But I I would agree. It might've been the best thing to happen to Jack Hughes. He would have been going to Guelph. He was an undersized kid. Um, you know, he went off to do what he did with the U S national program and look at him now, you know, and to me, like the, the exceptional status, it's interesting because what I like about how they do it is it's an arm's length committee from hockey Canada. So Dave Branch can't, say we're, you know, we're going to take this kid. And, he and I know he can he, he can, he can lobby and he can lobby. He can, he, lobby. He, he can he absolutely and he lobby. And I'm telling you right now, he is lobbying for Michael Misa to get that status Big time. Um, for sure. Um, but, but what I like about it is I know some of the people on this committee and I trust them as hockey people and as, as people just generally, and whether they make the right choice or the wrong choice, because they're going to make right choices and wrong choices. Sean Day obviously wasn't the right choice. Uh, Aaron Ekblad and a lot of other guys were the right choice. They do it with the player's best. The the, the only thing they think of is the player's best interest. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be something that is going to help or hurt this player? Can this player handle this on and off the ice, or can't he do it? And that's what I like about it. So if we see Michael Misa, and I mean, three guys have applied the other two aren't getting it. Mm-hmm. Trevor Moore and, and Ryan Rubrik are not gonna get it. Michael Misa may, none yeah. of them might get it, but if he gets you know, it, I, I'm very I'm very confident knowing that he will have gone through a process that indicates that he's ready to accept that challenge.
2: It's April thirteenth, and there's no yep. word. I have to think that that's good for well, Wasserman represents Misa. I would have to they think do. that, that, that yep. that's good for that camp because I believe the word was supposed to come down Kenny around OHL Cup time so at first they
1: thought it was yeah at first it's always been
2: before OHL Cup
1: they've always done it before
2: OHL Cup now the fact that it's here here we are on the 13th is the word like I was told like all three no way and then the OHL Cup happened that's that's what I was told shattered all the records and McDavid's records and they all went yeah okay let's maybe (laughs) well let's see yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you know and then all of a sudden (laughs) like Listen, I know the Chicago Steel want him, right? And I mean, take a transition with prep school, like you go to Shattuck's, yeah, yeah. Jersey or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Um, But like the USHL is is on him now. Not that you make a consideration just based on we don't want to lose him uh, yeah. to the United States, but still, like the pressure. Well, it's on, Adam like, Fantilli, like, 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 right? Like, it's it. Adam Fantilli. Adam Adam, Adam, Fantilli Adam Fantilli
1: went to Chicago. Yep. he's in Chicago now, and he's going to he's going to the University of Michigan first. For his his first year before his yep. draft, he'll probably play. He'll probably be a one year guy, and then he's gone. And then yep. OHL doesn't get him. So interesting. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd have
2: to think that here we are at the thirteenth, and there's no decision that that weighs well, or that 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 Man. looks good for uh, for his yeah. chances of getting yeah. exceptional status. I mean, they, love the tangents. Like, we like go they off like on. they have to they have to tell teams like before the draft, right? Like was the draft 29th. <laughs> yeah. 29? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That,
1: that would be, that would be good. And they have like, they have a combine, not that he would ever have to go to it, but they've got a combine, I think not this weekend, but next weekend, the OHL combine. And they so. have a lottery.
2: On, what is the lottery on the 18th? I think.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's That's the day. It's 18th. the day, day after the season ends because they yeah, the four, yeah, the four non-playoff teams are going to be in the lottery. So they're, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of lot of stuff kinda to do. Gotta, so kind of
2: got to find out here, like
1: uh, yeah, know. exactly, exactly. Okay, we were talking All about right. Owen Power, yeah, which is right, good. Owen Power. Yeah. I love the tangents we go off on with sure. Jeff. Like it's just great. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: great. Yeah. I, I didn't think that we were going to have enough time. Now I'm going to have to cut us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ken, do you want to weigh in on Owen Power before we move on to the next player? Well,
1: well, I just think that all he has to do is play every game in his career like he played his first one, and he'll be a really, really great player. I, I thought he was outstanding last night. <laughs> this podcast I,
0: I, has gone too long because we just talked about at the beginning how you can't yeah, play yeah, every yeah, game yeah, yeah, in your
1: yeah, career yeah. like that. No, but I no, but like he was. Yeah, it's great. He looked like he he looked like like Alex Tuck said he looked like a ten year veteran out there.
2: For, just, the fir- yeah. for the first time in a, for the first time in how long have we said I think the Buffalo Sabres are going to be okay, like Jack Quinn coming, JJ Paterka coming, Owen yeah. Powers. Yeah. Are- For the first time in a while, I think we're looking at it and saying, "Mm, I think they're going to be
1: all right. Jeff, their their oldest defenseman last night was Casey Fitzgerald. I know, right? At the age of 24 with 30 games of NHL experience.
0: That was
2: their oldest defenseman in the lineup last night. That does wink at one issue, which is it's fine to run with kids, and that's great, but what's the Oilers' example? The Oilers' example is you can't just load it with kids here. You need to have the right Right. veterans, and you can't – Again, we'll go back to the Oilers' example. It can't be – you know, guys, you know, I mean, Ryan Smith is the obvious example It brought Ryan Smith back. It still needs to be players that can relate to a younger player. Like, it can't be the guy who's 35 years old and he's got three kids. He's got hustle all over the place because his life is way different than someone that's 22 years old.
0: Yeah, So you need that,
2: like, 25, what is it? You figure 25 to 29, like, guys that are in that sort of sweet spot of the bat, like, they're a little bit older but can still relate to the younger... Those are hard yep. to find. I get it. Or Those you bring in to hard to find.
0: Or you bring in Craig
2: Anderson, who can have a son who's 22.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if
2: he had the yeah, kid I at love, 18.
0: The math, I, the math works.
2: <laughs> I love the Craig Anderson story. Give me it's more. Wonderful. Of that. I love yep. f- listen, I know it came down to a decision between Craig Anderson and Devin Dubnik for the Buffalo Sabres once, uh, once because I think they were talking with Edmonton about Koskinen last year uh, at free agency, and then that vanished. Uh, Mark ends up signing with the Boston Bruins. I think that surprised the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, geez, they protected him in the expansion draft on an expiring yeah. contract, thinking they could right. get him, and then, boom, that went away. Yeah, and um,
1: it's not ready yet.
2: And, no, Loken, yeah, and, yeah, and, You and know, Devin yeah, Levi's yeah. on the horizon, but he's going back yeah. to Northeastern. Yeah, they uh, like they they and I I think one of the things that they wanted with Craig Anderson, you know, Dylan, this is this is to your point. I think it's a good one. You know, one of the reasons why they wanted Craig Anderson, a he's still a very competent netminder, but two really good around kids, like yeah, really great <laughs> yeah. around younger players. Like honestly, yeah. that was yeah. a huge factor in who yep. they were yeah. bringing in here. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And I think you know a guy like Kyle Lockposo is the same thing. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, he's he's. Obviously, his better days are behind him. He's not playing on the fourth line. He's also playing on the power play. But, anyways, <laughs> but I think a guy like that, yeah. a Jeff Skinner. You know, I mean, you've got some guys in there that are pretty decent at, in that respect of the game. Yeah. So, I, just want yeah. Buffalo,
2: I just want Buffalo to be good.
1: Oh God, Dude, oh, so do it's I. It's so long, much better, man. and yeah. it's so and it's so much better when Buffalo's good. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so much better, and and like there's just been. I just feel like Buffalo has sucked out too much of the oxygen for too long. Like there's been way too much drama around the Buffalo Sabres than there should be for a team that's that that's that bad. Yeah. So I, I want to see them get better. I, I just love it when Buffalo's good. I love it. I love Same. going to the games. I love going over the border. I love the atmosphere <laughs> at the
2: rink. It's just it's yeah. so
1: much better when the yeah. Buffalo Sabres are a good team. Yeah.
2: And for the first time in how long I, I can finally say, I think they're going to be okay. Like I think, yeah. I think yeah. they're going to be. Yeah. And who and who thought yeah. that after the Jack yeah. Eichel deal, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, sure, there've been some hail mary passes, but they've landed. Like, man, I, I, did anyone here on this podcast think that Tage Thompson was going to be a first line center? No, no. and and and, uh, and
1: at the. Stanley Cup final in in uh, 2019 after the after, you know, during the celebration and everything. I'm with Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News and mm-hmm. and Doug Armstrong sees Mike's credential from the Buffalo News. And he, and he says without prompting, he says, I'm going to tell you right now, this trade looks really bad for Buffalo, yeah. but it, it's going to even out. This kid is going to be really good. You know, this kid, this kid's going to this kid's going to even out this trade and he's doing it now. Yeah. He's doing it. Kids he looks stud. great.
2: Tuck looks great. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see about you know Peyton Krebs. Um, yeah. that's that's still going to take a while. The interesting thing about Krebs, you know, it's, it's interesting. You go you go back to you know the uh, the Vancouver draft where he was selected, and he had the mm-hmm. uh, the Achilles injury that year in the Western Hockey League. He was he was on Buffalo's do not draft list. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and, you know, and now the only reason was because of the injury. So the way that that, yeah, did, yeah. The, the way yeah. to do that, just so your your listeners and viewers can understand it, the way that do yeah. not draft lists generally work is it's not, we're not going to take them at all. Cause if, listen, if Peyton Krebs is available in the third round, like, Buffalo's yeah, yeah. Taking and, him. but just like yeah, yeah. in the area where we think he's going to go, yeah. Fi- yeah. find another, find another player. And a mm-hmm. lot of that was because of that injury. So it wasn't like they didn't want it. They just didn't want him in that zone where he was going to get right get uh, get selected. But, you know, in, in true Buffalo fashion, I suppose, in, in some ways, <laughs> he's gone from being on the do not draft list from the Sabres to being one of, if not the key piece it goes back to yeah. the Jack Ike He lineup. was on
1: the he was on the do not draft but trade for three years later after our after for a we franchise a, another center <laughs> yeah for a franchise center yeah when that blows up <laughs> oh man <laughs> all right Bobby Brink I don't know I don't know much about Bobby Brink so don't ask I, me but Jeff Jeff so
2: okay so the the first thing high production um, yeah you know, we saw him play yeah. with the Philadelphia Flyers played in his first game uh, so the Philado- I've, I've checked in on Philadelphia about Bobby Brink so they see him as a middle six winger. Um, yep. with a lot of power play upside. He's a real good scorer, real good engine, works hard, all of it. The only thing is, with Bobby Brink, and this matters less than ever before, yeah. the only player smaller than him on the Flyers mm. is Cam Atkinson. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's only size. But the interesting thing about, you know, uh, Bobby Brink is we know the Philadelphia Flyers are not going to go through a rebuild like they never like this is still the fumes of Ed Snyder. There will be no rebuild here uh, at all. We're coming right back at it. We're coming right well, back then, at next season. And you wonder where, you know, players. That well, you better be.
1: sign Johnny Godrow then. You better sign Johnny godrow
2: They might. That, Nazem, that's or what or you, you know, better do. You know that's what, what you, you better do. Know, you know who I wonder about there, Ken? Nazem Kadri. Ah, Nazem Kadri to me okay. looks and feels and plays like a Philadelphia flyer type. Yeah, yeah. Player. Okay. Skill, that's snarl, a good one. Yeah, Little bit yeah, derby yeah. Like that's, that's the one. Like I'm with you on, on Goodrow. And let's say hey, the local boy goes home story. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That, that play, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. wonder about Kadri there. That, that's the guy yeah. that, that, that I watched. Interesting. The season With Philadelphia. Interesting. interesting. Another sidebar. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh a lot Maddie. of the
2: Philadelphia
0: Flyers Maddie. played like seven tough games in the seventies and they're from then on the Broad Street bullies. Oh, I don't
1: know. They played a lot more than they seven. Played well a lot um, of tough games. Know. All right.
0: So I'm being a little facetious here, but yeah. you know, my point being that in the last 15 years. Yeah. When was the Keith Primo years? That was two thousand three ish. Like that was the last time that they were a tough team. Yeah. And they yeah. still have that kind of you know, had Legion resume. of Doom.
1: You had yeah, I mean, they've got that. That aura, but it, it's a culture. It's it's yeah. part of their it's part of their DNA, right? Yeah, their yeah. organizational DNA. So they're not that now. You guys great,
2: you now. want to hear a great Fred Shiro story? I love telling the story. I Can would you love be, to hear that. Have you heard the Fred Shiro bacon and egg story?
1: No. No. <laughs> Let's hear so it. So okay. this is
2: I love this. So I love Fred Shiro, right? Uh, oh yeah, he's like, awesome. Just a one wonderful awesome. coach. Like one of the His only coaches. His kid's a pretty good guy, too. Uh yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um So this is when the Philadelphia Flyers like riding high and winning Stanley Cup. So it's the mid 70s and they're destroying teams and they're into Pittsburgh one night. And this is when Pittsburgh was a really bad squad and they lose. They go out the night before and they end up losing like six to one. Like the Penguins just like from stem to stern batter them. Right. Right. And Fred Shiro the next day of practice is one of those practices where it's just like not a single puck hits the ice. It's just down oh, and back, yeah. down and back, down and back, down and <laughs> oh, back, down yeah. and back, down and back. And <laughs> the guys come off and they're all in the room and their tongues are all hanging out and Fred comes in. So uh, it was pretty bad last night, gentlemen. And uh, I heard you guys coming off the ice and... There was a lot of talk about, oh, I made a contribution on my shift. And, oh, I did something. I made a contribution here. And he walks over the chalkboard, <laughs> draws a plate, <laughs> and he draws two eggs and three strips of bacon. <laughs> and he goes, gentlemen, okay. this, this, yeah.
1: Yeah. this is what I had It's for coming breakfast. to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I
2: had for breakfast. This tells me everything I expect out of you as a Philadelphia flyer. And the guy's are like, <laughs> yeah. fog's at it I know where you're going today. with it. He said, made a contributions. On my breakfast plate this morning, the chicken made a contribution, but the pig <laughs> made a commitment. A commitment. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I did hear that story. Yes, I did hear that story. And that's and that's a great one. That is a great one. Uh, oh man. There you go. Pretty right.
2: Cheryl Flyer story.
1: We're off to Maddie Beneers, who so, uh, is just is just all kinds of good. Just all kinds of good. Here, He's He's going to be their first-line centerman
2: right now, and that's the end of it. I wonder if Ron Francis drafted a version of himself or somebody he, he saw as himself. Two hundred-foot yeah. guy, skilled guy, can play both sides of the puck. Um, walks right in. Like I very much get the feeling that Seattle next year. I don't know if he can completely redo it or start over again, but that's kind of the way it feels yeah. heading into this, yeah. ne- heading into next season. It's going to be Seattle saying let's try this again. Plus we already have Maddie Berniers. Right.
1: And I, and I, and I, and <laughs> yeah.
2: I, and I wonder yeah. if that's going to be the vibe with, uh, with the Seattle Kraken in the off season, but Berniers, I, I just wonder if that's Ron Francis saying, I see me, let's take that guy. Cause he does very much seem like a Ron Francis style player. Mm.
0: Well, better for a GM like Ron Francis to draft guys where he sees himself than some GMs that, uh, we're not quite as good as Ron Francis. <laughs> <True. Yeah. laughs> Won't say any names here. Um
1: so so now we're on to Kent Johnson. And I good, think good I guy think
2: good guy in the good guy in the room. Yeah, they don't flood the room. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah there was a there was a, there was a, a GM that told me once, yeah, those good guys in the room, they're great at but they always insist on going on the ice
0: too. <laughs> so that's that's a friend They always impression. insist on playing the games too. Si c'est bon la, dans la chambre, restez dans la chambre. If he's going mean, to he stay it's in it's the Stay in the room. room. Stay in the yeah, room, it's it's um,
1: Ken, jo- Ken. Johnson, um, Jeffy. Yep. Here's a guy, and this is one of the guys I was talking about with the signing early. I, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he wouldn't have benefited from another year at Michigan, yeah. um, and then coming into this situation. Um, I, I don't know. I just. I, 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 this one seems a little rushed to me, and I, I get it. The kid wanted to play, and, and he was probably pushing to get, get into the lineup, and they want to do the right thing with him, but...
2: I don't know. I, I think this one might be a little rushed. I wonder about, and listen, we'll see as early as tonight. After you know, Columbus plays Montreal. How you can you know project out with yeah. his career is going to be like after after <laughs> yeah. one game? But that's kind of what we do, folks. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> Owen Power is
1: going to be in the Hall of Fame based on <laughs> Fair, last night. Yeah, he's the new Larry, <laughs> Robin, <laughs> new Larry Robinson. According to us, here you know, the way we're
2: talking about I him. Think, I think, uh, matter of fact, I think he invented oxygen as well, guys. If I'm not mistaken, I saw something like that. Yep. Yeah. 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 So um, here's what I I mean, Ken Johnson. Look at like. We know this team is, you know, obviously, you know, trying to replace Pierre-Luc Dubois for a while as their number one center. And, you know, Cole Sillinger looks real good. And I just look sort mm-hmm. of up the gut and project it. Like, this is a rebuilding team. Make no mistake about it. Um, I just can't help but looking up the gut for the next 10 years for the Columbus Blue Jackets and it's Johnson and it's Sillinger. Yeah. Like, that's that, that mm-hmm. that's what I look at. Like, okay, like, you know, Kekalena and Davidson here are putting all the building blocks in place. And you can make the argument, like, sure, Sillinger, you know, made this team, but... You know, should he have perhaps spent one more year? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but they, yeah. they, they, yeah, they, want, yeah. they want these guys in there now, and they, yeah, Chinenko's in there.
1: Yeah, you're right, you're right, this, this, you're this right. Is, this is this, yep. is
2: this is this is going to be the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets up the gut, and I think in their minds, that's what it's going to be. And now it's our job to fill in all around these guys. Um, listen, I think Kent, Kent, Johnson. First of all, Johnson's had a, a really interesting season, hasn't he? Whether yeah. it's you know. Yeah. He's, Bounce around all over. Like you always, we just talked about Owen Power. I mean, how many different jerseys and different tournaments and teams is yeah as he worn? Was it four? I think Mason, Mason McTavish was eight, Mason McTavish in the the space of a (laughs) calendar year. He played for eight teams. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Cause he
1: got in, he got in like four games with their AHL team in San Diego. So he he had eight teams at at the end of it, but yeah. 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 I just, I just Johnson
2: and say like, that's, that's a future up the gut for Columbus. Yeah.
1: And, and you know what, in the Olympics, I thought he was, I thought he was really good and I thought they, they didn't, I, I didn't think he got used as well as he could have. I thought they kind of turned to him when it was like, Oh, we really need you now. You know, <laughs> so can you go out and get us a goal? Like yeah, go do something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do something. Go do something. Yeah. Help us, you know? Like in case of, in case um, of emergency break glass. Yeah, He's exactly. Our emergency break glass. Exactly. Guy. Exactly. So yeah, I mean I, I mean is he what is he? What is he? Is he is he Ryan Johansson? I hope not. I hope he's a little bit, his ceiling's a little bit higher than that or considerably higher than that. Yeah.
2: Okay, good. Yep. No, considerably higher than that, certainly. He's a skilled guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's a a high-skilled player. He'll play in this league for a long time.
1: Okay. All right.
2: Nate Smith? Uh, Minnesota State, um, you know, brought over to the Arizona Coyotes uh, along with a contract, um, uh, along with Brian Little's deal. Um, You know, I thought it was interesting right away. They put him with uh, the veteran, Andrew Ladd. I mean, nice, safe, smart. I think with Arizona, you're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of players maybe get to the NHL earlier than expected. And maybe we can talk about this with with Jack McBain as well. Like Arizona is going to have a hard time (laughs) signing players. And that's why, you know, that's why Bill Armstrong's out there, you know, making trades for players with term. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and the, the college pitch for a lot of these players is no one's standing in front of you. Like you don't have to yeah. beat out, like you're not going to have to beat out a lot of players for jobs here. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's, uh, attractive to a lot of guys, certainly attractive to, to Nate Smith. Um, and I, I just think that it's another, not that we have to, you know, validate the hockey market of Florida, but guys from Tampa. You know, he's Mm -hmm. another player from what Canadians refer to as a non-traditional hockey market, which is now Mm -hmm. becoming more and more a traditional hockey market than ever before. So I think that's always a a positive sign for the game.
0: Yeah. I love non-traditional hockey markets. Like, I I must be the only guy from Toronto that loves non-traditional hockey markets. When Nashville was in the Stanley Cup finals, I was watching that on TV going, how do I get myself down there right now? Totally. Totally. Like, yeah. Country music and hockey are like my two things. So,
2: <laughs> like, you know, it's like somebody I think, made. I think as long as you're honest about who you are, you'll be a success. And the best two examples, Nashville is the one that you mentioned, and Vegas as well. Like we're yeah. cheesy, we're yeah. over the top, we're cringeworthy, and damn it, that's Vegas, and it's going right. to be Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. Let's 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 just just play, play to our identity. Trade it. Play to our identity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. I'm just
2: disappointed that
0: they didn't have more sequins on the uh, on the <laughs> uniforms there. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some fringe coming off the sleeves, perhaps. Right? Yeah. No, Nate, Nate
1: Smith great. and Jack McVay, though. I mean, those are. Really, really shrewd pickups, I think, for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure why Jack McBain didn't want to play in Minnesota. I don't know why. I mean, it's not like he's got 15 great number one centermen ahead of him in that organization. I, d- I don't know what it was with him and and Minnesota, but it just seems like you him and his family didn't want to go yeah. there.
2: I, I wonder how much, you know, the next three years of pain for minnesota factor into a lot of these decisions like i'm with you like mm-hmm. i look at you know up up the middle it's not as if you know they're like he's looking at like oh geez eiserman federoff wow how am i gonna yeah yeah fit, yeah. fit in here Geez, <laughs> um, i gotta
1: beat erickson heck but oh you know like God.
2: it's like yeah 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 so you know it's i i, I yeah. think he I, I think i again i'm i'm assuming this i just wonder how much of a factor what the next three years and those buyouts of Suter and Parisi Mm -hmm. and what that's done to their salary cap and what that's, you know, how that's going to squeeze players out here and what that's going to mean for this team. I just wonder how much that factors in. um, Well, yeah, but then then why would you, why would you sign with their, why would you sign with Arizona then? Because there's going to be pain there
1: too. Big time pain. They are tanking. They're tanking. And and it's a tank. It's an absolute utter no no doubt tank and i i'm not i i'm convinced that they are looking at the 2023 draft and they are seeing one of Connor Bedard, yep. Adam Fantillier or Matt yep. Mitchkoff. Yep. and they can get one of those guys if they're bad enough they can get one of those guys yeah. and you're off to the races
2: i think the plan for them is to be good when the rink is built
1: yeah like yeah. that's
2: that's like yeah. that's that that that's what they're trending towards. This which, a is near,
1: of, un- which is the un- which is the year after uh, Austin Matthews becomes a unrestricted free agent
0: too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Throw that in, in every, Maple, every Maple Leafs fan. That's going to be the clip that
0: we put on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> is just Ken saying Austin yeah. Matthews
2: going to? Yeah. So the um, I'll share something funny with you guys. So when that trade <laughs> okay. happened, when the when the when the, Mc, when the McBain deal happened, I had one manager text me and just say, "Was that a trade or a college transfer?" Didn't he already say no to ASU? I mean, like okay, like, cue, cue, cue the jokes. He every, went into every, the portal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to have a, a whack at the I, I think it's all, kind of a step <laughs> sideways, really. Is I, I think it's I think it's about opportunity there, and the and the guys. No. Can yeah, yeah. A Get, yeah, he's oh, going sure. to get a chance yeah. to play right away and good on yeah. him. Like he had a wonderful season with BC and mm-hmm. like he, th- th- this was the year that he really popped. He mentioned guys that went to the Olympics and you know, he was certainly one of them. Um, and you know, it was, it was interesting the way that really quietly like, no one around Minnesota really said much all season long about Jack McBain. I think there was just yeah. an assumption that they were just yeah. going to get it done and was going to be <laughs> simple. And yeah, it wasn't. And now he's a coyote. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All right, and then the last one, going back to the good old Toronto Maple Leafs, Matthew Nyes.
2: Boy, do they want him now? Mm. Minnesota is going to be. I wonder really why good Minnesota is <laughs> going to be really good next year. Like Gophers, like like uh, I don't know is it is it official that Logan Cooley's going back? And that, that sorry, the Logan Cooley's going to Minnesota. Um, uh, because that team—I think so, yeah, is, yeah. That, that yeah. team's that team's loaded up, and I know that's it's certainly mm-hmm. a temptation uh, for Nye's. But the Maple Leafs want him in the lineup; they want him uh, in there and playing. Size-wise, he already fits. Like he was—I had John Morosi on my radio show yesterday, and Morosi, who is plugged in to these college kids, like 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 few others. Um, you know, he brought up the point that you know the Maple Leafs got this guy in the second round, and if you already did a redraft, he would go top ten. Like, sure. this is a wow. complete find yeah. for yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're dying to get him in the program right now. It's going to take a pretty big uh, pitch and sell to get Nice in there. I, I think everybody thinks that he's leaning towards going back to Minnesota for one more season, but, you know, he is... Like power forwards now don't look like power forwards from you know the '80s and '90s. Like this, we're not talking about Neely and Tockett and these Stevens and these types of guys. But he is what we all look at and say he's probably the modern power forward right now in the game. And the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs are just, and their fans should be, just drooling on getting this guy in.
1: Yeah, and I know, and I know it's, I know it's, it's been typically with defensemen. That they've taken that second year, like, you know, the Zach Wierenskis, the Quinn Hughes, the Owen Powers, the, you know, all of those guys, the Kale McCars, they've all held back when the team wanted them and taken that second year. But I I see no downside to him going back for one more year at all. I Mm -hmm. I see no downside to it for him, um, other than the fact that he won't be getting an NHL paycheck. But I mean, yeah, that's common when you're when you're yeah when you're playing the long game. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure it's it's that big a deal, but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can do it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, final question before we get out of here,
2: just okay. a fun little one. Fix the shootout. Fix the shoot. Oh, put a trailer. Yeah, and I and I and I, and I and I and I say that to piss off Elliot Friedman. But why not? If it's supposed to replicate a breakaway, how many clean breakaways do you have where nobody else is on the ice? Oh. I wrote that like in my note, my my weekly notes, like
1: two weeks ago. Yeah, like Glenn Murkowski was the one that told me that. The ex scout for Detroit, he said, have a guy start at the other blue line, and and chase him. And you know what? Oh yeah, it's gimmicky. Guess what? The <laughs> you know, whole shoot- news <laughs> flash, The whole thing is is, is a the gimmick. Only-
2: okay, I'll 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 take the side. Let me play devil's advocate on this one. The only concern on your own point, is, on your own on point, <laughs> point, you're going to play
0: devil's advocate. I'm
2: you're your own my worst point. enemy. <laughs> my own point. I told you I'm conflicted about a lot of things in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm, I'm allowed to have a lot of different feelings and a lot of them are, you know, in, not in concert, but are in, uh, you know, in contact with each other. Um, okay. The only thing that I think the <laughs> NHL would worry about too is that's a moment where there is a potential for injury. It gets yep. significant right. when two guys are racing as fast as they can into a goaltender and a net and boards behind it. Like, I don't think yep. anybody wants to say, well, how did your star player get injured? Oh, in the shootouts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, yeah, I agree. But, that. but that, I, that's, that's the, but to the, me, to, to me, that, yeah, to me, that, to me, that goes by the wayside when, when, <laughs> you know i mean yeah. they let guys throw their gloves off and punch each other in the face okay but you can you know? replicate I a mean-
0: chaser You can replicate that make, because as we all know, there's only one way to chase somebody down on a breakaway. No, no, no. (laughs) The guy's got to hold his stick like this. And then you put another stick out and in between his hands like that, that he has a stick handle with between his hands the whole time. No,
1: (laughs) no, no. (laughs) Replicating the hooking, the inevitable
0: hooking (laughs) call. (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh, wow.
2: uh, Although it would would be, it would be, it would be interesting to see who you designate as the chaser. Like that's mm-hmm. really fascinating. thing. Exactly. how many successful chases? Yeah. And what if play? it, what if it goes like. Paul Byron's career
0: would see a huge uptick <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> what if it goes like 18 Nick rounds he- or Nick, fl- he- one of those Nick things?
2: Goes- Nick Ehlers would be like, yeah, and yeah.
0: Adam, do you want him yeah. shooting
2: or do you want him, do you want to burn him out chasing?
1: Uh, yeah, I, think, yeah,
2: I, think yeah, it, I think it'd be like, what it, what it does is, is it winks at this idea that I still firmly believe that hockey's a game that's perfectly suited for this because everybody has a different way that they want to massage or in their minds, fix the game of hockey. Man, I would love it if there was a summer. I'm just making it for like a month. Summer League where there are all these different rules are experimented with. And you use yeah, pro players yeah. like a yeah. great way to put a couple of bucks in someone's pocket in the in the in the offseason. So you want like pro players, so it like you don't want like, the pros aren't gonna like the NHL guys aren't gonna play no, because no. risk, risk no, of injury. Yeah. But just yeah. to try these different rules out, whether it's rink configuration, like I think yeah. face-offs should be up the middle of the ice, and that's it. Why are we putting faceoffs in the corner? Like put like right. a dot in front of right. the net and then put it right. like that's it. If you want to, yeah, to increase yeah. chances, yeah. put the face off in front of the net, like just that would like be, that. yeah. Just yeah. This- you could call the R&D league. Yeah. You could call the Bingo. R&D, the R&D, R&D league, summer yeah. league. Yeah. And
1: like no icing, you know, you can't ice the puck on a penalty. You still get called for icing or, you know, all these other things that seem to be pie in the sky and then you you put them into practice. I think that's a great idea,
2: Jeff. You man, know, man, that's a really you're, good you're, idea. Here's the one that I've been banging on for, for a while and I was trying to get it into the GM's meetings, but I couldn't convince anyone to, to bring it up or put it on the agenda. Um, <laughs> The, 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 the rule of change that I'm dying to get in is uh, one around shorthanded goals. And right now, we seem to believe that there's a thing called the penalty kill, but there's not. There's no such thing as a penalty kill. All you do <laughs> is try to endure two minutes of a penalty. You don't kill it. Right. My right. idea is if you score a shorthanded goal, penalty's over. Ah. actually killed the penalty. You actually but killed the penalty. You've done something to yep. end that penalty. Your guy comes out of the box. Think about how Vegas would do this. You score a shorty, <laughs> lights go out, spotlight on the penalty box, <laughs> the door opens.
1: <laughs> big he triumphantly, no
2: skate of shame. He just comes out and waves <laughs> to the crowd. I've been released. Yeah, like yeah. We, we always think of like, how can we create momentum changes and shifts and swings? Yeah. Man, yeah. how, what, what's that celebration when you score a goal and you just sprung that guy? That's interesting. That the is a that pisses, real penalty
0: kill. Kill, yeah. The one that pisses me off about penalties is, is the fact that if you pull your goalie and then you score a goal, then the penalty is null and void. Or the power play, I should say, is null and void. I agree. Yeah, like I agree you, should, you should be able to go for two and, and see yeah. how much more motivated those guys are to put that puck in the net. Yeah, Exactly. I'm with you on By that. By the
1: same token, you should you shouldn't the penalty shouldn't end after a power play goal either.
0: But also I've yeah. seen goals called back when they've pulled the goalie and then put the puck in their own net. Well we all know get we out all, of here. Yeah, well we all you know that, the
1: goalie. We all know that the biggest thing that we have to do to change hockey is to uh make sure that there's a portal that sends people who bang on the glass straight, no. <laughs> straight to hell. Straight to hell. That like you just it just gets sucked into hell as soon as you start doing that stuff. Yeah.
0: Did that's that's the that? one. Did that's the, that? that's I, the biggest one. I, I put that on Twitter. I said, my bad hockey take is that I couldn't care less if somebody bangs on the glass. You paid 5000 bucks for a ticket. Bang on the glass. Man. I paid 250
1: bucks for the NHL center ice package. I don't need to be sitting in my house <laughs> listening to some moron go whack, 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 whack on the glass. I don't need it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Kenny. Death to glass bangers. No thanks. Yep. yep. Where, straight you know where, to hell.
1: Portal straight to hell. Phew.
2: You know where it's <laughs> bad at the minor slash youth level, the parents that, mm. bang, the gee, parents that bang. Gee, that, gee, that's them. surprising. Uh, sh- yeah. I know it's shocking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, there's, <laughs> there's nothing more embarrassing than seeing a parent bang on the glass. <laughs> I was and at the, uh, you're, if you're watching, listening right now and you're that yeah. person banging on the glass, all three of us are saying, stop You're <laughs> yeah. you want to go home, and, home and rethink your life right
1: now. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was at the, uh, the under 18, uh, central championships and, uh, that's Scotiabank Pond on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Mike, Sunday. Mike Johnson was there and he, cause his, his buddy from Bowling Green was coaching the the young Nats and, and he just, he just kind of looks in an understated way and he looks at me and he goes, can't you just feel the insanity in the rink?
2: <laughs> so there was,
1: let me, I'll, uh, I'll, I was like, I'll,
2: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this story. I'm going to see if I have a, puck. okay, so here we go. I don't have a puck next to me, but I have, uh some TV makeup, some Mac 30. So pretend this is a puck. I'll, I'll end you on this one. <laughs> okay. About insanity. So okay. uh, Mickey Ion was a, uh, was a referee in the era of Bill Chadwick, the big whistle. Bill Chadwick was the official that came up with, you know, the hand signals that we all know, tripping, yeah. hooking, slashing, yeah, yeah. all that big whistle. Yeah. 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 So Mickey, at the beginning of every game would call the other discipline, three referee, uh, three uh, official uh, systems. So two linesmen called the center ice. And he'd always give the same speech. He would say this, he would, hold up the puck, and he would say, now, remember, gentlemen, the minute I drop this round black thing and it hits the ice... The three of us become the only sane people in this building. <laughs> Let's just remember all it takes is me dropping yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah, and then yeah. we're the only people that have any type of sanity the minute that <laughs> happens.
1: That is so true. That is so true. i oh, tell man, you, man, I went true. to a nice a fight story. and a hockey game
0: broke out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that is, is a, that film. is, a, I like that.
1: That's a good, uh, that's a good. That's a good uh, yarn. And you've had many of them for us, Jeff. Yeah, I want to thank you so much for joining no us. We've taken up so much of your time, uh, your prep time. Oh yeah. You don't prep anyways. But Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but anyways, Jeff, can't thank you enough for uh, everything you've done for us today. Uh, just a fountain of knowledge and great, great stories, great information. And I got you fooled, uh, all the best.
2: I've, I've had you fooled for years, Kenny Campbell. Well, there you go. Years. There you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing a hell of a job at it. So
2: thanks. Thanks, thanks gentlemen. Thank uh, you. Be well. Be safe. Uh, enjoy the right game. On. Dylan, thank you yep. very much. Kenny, thanks to you as well. Yep. Thanks, boys. Be thank well. You.